All right, good stuff. Carrie's the big winner. You know us all. Marilena, though, she, she got just three-quarters of the room to sit down when she was up here. All right, how many are excited about this? Gage Park coming along? I was there yesterday, finally got to have uh, my first walk up on the uh, stage, which is uh, framed and now starting to be decked, so you can actually walk up there. It's about double the height of this one, so it feels pretty high uh, when, you're, uh, when you're up there. Uh, but it's coming along. You can walk through the whole place now. Our next update, you'll hopefully, we'll try to give you a better perspective on the video tour. It's drywall has happened in most of the building, and uh, yeah, it's just tons and tons of progress. Uh, motoring along, the budget is doing uh, great, Not, no uh, in increases uh, anytime recently, in recent months. Uh, and of course, we shared the good news with our, you know, just the givings, building fund numbers, tithe numbers, as all that stuff keeps going up, it's going to just make this uh, more doable to finish rapidly and get in there. So the current plan is still May-ish to uh, operate, to uh, open it up and get operating. Um, and then, like we mentioned a couple weeks ago, in October, October 28th, we will do the official launch, grand opening, uh, you know, praying over the building uh, when we've got the guest speakers here, uh, Pastor Iverson uh, and the Benias. Uh, so mark that on your uh, calendars for the fall. That's going to be fun uh, as well. So we're, uh, we've got about 100 of you who have signed up to be part of um, the launch team. So what I want to focus on here tonight is... <clears throat> and I'm going to do a quick recap first from our last session, yeah? Oh, printed notes. Who needs printed notes? Thank you very much for the reminder. Maybe, uh, yeah, a couple of you guys mind uh, divvying these in half? And Anybody? Oh, thanks, Nick. Yeah, hands up if you need notes. Uh, you can also follow along on the church app. If you go to the app and click on the launch team logo, the notes will pop up in there, and you can write uh, right in the uh, blanks. There's various blanks on the notes, uh, and those are on the church app. And then you can email it to yourself. You can file them in your uh, launch team training, yada, yada, yada. Looks like we need here. Do you need a few more? You got enough? More on this side? Here, let's do this. We got more here. You want to pass down those and just throw the rest of Brandon if we have extra. All right. <clears throat> uh, next month, I want to encourage you to uh, come on back, join us. We're going to do a larger role-playing uh, session uh, next month, it'll be like a bigger version of what we did the last time we were here uh, when we did a quick little role-playing uh, segment. We're going to have a much more uh, planned out and uh, functioning uh, examples to show you of various things uh, next month. First thing I want to do is just a quick recap because we had a month break there during Christmas uh, and so on and so forth. Okay, so some of the main points from session one, we talked about the need for us to be in unity together. Uh, we talked about this during prayer and fasting last week. We've we have to be in unity if we expect God to bless our church. There's just no way around that, right? Scripture is clear on it. Um, there's just, there can be no division and disunity uh, in here and among us. The Bible has just so much teaching on that and how to handle people who uh, try to cause it. Uh, and I just love the spirit in our church right now. I feel like we're more unified than we've ever been 
And it's necessary in this season. If we're going to advance into new territory, we've got to do it together. We're all in this together. One of us wins, we all win. Right? We're all on the same team. We're all heading, heading forward. So unity is key. Spiritual maturity we talked about last time. Again, if you missed this, uh, these notes are on the church app under the launch team uh, logo. Uh, we want to be growing and maturing in our faith. We want to be doing that. We should want to be doing that anyhow, whether we're opening a new campus or not. Uh, but I feel like at a season like this, it's even more highlighted to have a church filled with people who are actively growing in our, in our faith. Uh, humility, we talked about. Humility is, again, talked about in the scripture and is so necessary. Uh, any good team is filled with humble people. You, will, you, you don't have space on good, well-oiled, functioning teams. You don't have space for arrogant people who think they know better and it's all about them and you know, they're the ones with all the answers and blah, blah, blah. We've got to have humble hearts, understanding that we're all in this together with God leading us. Teachability, it kind of goes along with that, but teachability is huge. Um, you know, there's just, there's going to be a lot of things we uncover as we do this. We're planning, we're trying to do training, we're prepping behind the scenes, we're going to get departments prepping behind the scenes, but the fact is, as we start walking into this, stuff's going to come up that just we aren't ready for we're going to have to just be uh, flexible on the fly, be teachable on the fly uh, for the purpose of, um, you know, troubleshooting and, and moving on. Uh, proper lines of communication we talked about. We spoke about team first, right? This is about the team win. Whether your individual role is glamorous or not, that doesn't matter. It's all glamorous when we're serving him and when our team is advancing uh, the kingdom. We talked about uh, a little bit about setting goals and building strategies, and I'll talk more about that tonight. Uh, and the need for daily prayer. And tonight I'm going to get more, more in-depth with daily prayer and what we need and what we're looking for with daily prayer. Okay? So we will dive into this. The first portion we're going to look at here, this is one church in two locations. Turn to your neighbor, say one church, two locations. This is not a church plant. Right, you hear lots of talk these days about planting churches, sending people out to start new churches. That's not what this is. This is basically like us. If we were able to build another auditorium this same size right here, double the whole building up, it would be like the same thing, except we physically can't do that here, so our option is off-site at another location. Still us, still living hope. Uh, one church in two locations. It's the same church, the same spirit, the same vision, the same values, uh, the same uh, methods, the same pastoral staff, same website, same everything. Uh, it's, uh, it's still us just opening up in a different location. I know some churches that have dozens and dozens and dozens of campuses. And then I know other churches that do some campuses, and then they also plant some churches. And the churches that are planted are, you know, independent. Their own pastor, their own everything, their own name. It's like starting a church from scratch. Uh, this is a campus plant, okay, not a church plant. Uh, so we want to make sure we're all uh, on the same page with that. Our ministries, so I'll talk a little bit here about our, our, the way our ministries are going to function, hopefully answer some of your questions because I know we've already received some uh, questions along these lines. I want to show you a quick video here first before I dive into the ministries because we're going to start to get streamlined and... Um, just intentional with how we train all departments, all ministries, functioning from the same heart, same mission, same values. So have a quick look. We'll show you a few of these. The next You're watching A-Team Training, where we share practical tools to help you create consistency within your A-Team so that you can reproduce volunteers at every level. 
Hi, and thank you for joining me on today's A-Team training. Today we're going to talk all about the big picture. You know, it's really important that you and I can sit down with people in our A-Teams and explain to them, show them how what they're doing on their A-Team is connected to the bigger picture here to love God and love people. So the first question you have to ask yourself is why do we serve? Why do we serve on A-Teams in the first place? The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, that you are like living stones being built up as God's spiritual home. You know, the picture here is kind of like bricks in a home. You are like a brick and I am like a brick. And when we come together and when we serve and use our talents and abilities, we come together and build this beautiful structure that both shows beauty and strength as a display of what the family of God is like. You get to do that when you serve on your A-team. The Bible also tells us in Romans chapter 12 that God has given all of us different gifts and different abilities. In fact, when you read through Romans chapter 12, it tells you that whatever your gift is, say it's encouraging, then you should do it with all of the zeal that is within your heart. Or if it's, if it's serving, then you just do your best, just give your all to serving. You see, the picture here is that there's a unique gift and a unique talent that God has given you. And when you can come into an A-team and use that gift and that talent to serve, then it's a beautiful way of you saying, Jesus, thank you for giving me this gift and this talent. I'm going to use it to serve. Just like there's many bricks that are coming together to build this strong home, there are many talents and many gifts that God has given you that we can all come together and use them so that we can begin to love God and love people through our gifts and talents. The second question we can ask that will bring clarity to the bigger picture is who do we serve? When we serve every week on our A-team, who is it that we're serving? 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. We're here to serve one another, not ourselves, not our own interests or our own plan, we're here to serve each other. The Bible also tells us in 1 Samuel 12, 24, only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. Obviously, we're also here to use our gifts to serve the Lord. So when you come to your A-team next week, remind yourself, who is it that I'm serving? Who are the people that God is gonna bring into my life today to serve? And also remind yourself, God, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this to use my gifts and my talents to serve you. So the third question that we can ask ourselves when looking at the big picture is, how do we serve? Well, there's a lot of details we could get into with this one. I'm not going to, I'm just gonna sum it all up really in one word, and that is we serve with excellence. We serve with excellence, so that means showing up when you're scheduled to serve. It means coming on time, being prepared and ready to serve. You know, there's lots of other ways that excellence looks, but one definition I would love us to use to keep in the forefront of our mind as we're serving with excellence is this. For us, excellence is doing the best that we can within our means. So be your best you when you show up on your A-team. With your A-team, as you're talking about different ideas and strategizing different ways to improve or to make your A-team better, always remember, what's the best that we can do within our means, with where we are today? 
Guys, I'm so excited that we're gonna be able to connect greater when we talk with people on our A-team about how they serve and how it's connected to the big picture to love God and to love people. So what does this look like for you? Be sure to Well, we're cutting Amanda off. <laughs> okay, you get that? This is just a quick overview of the heart behind why we do what we do. Don't ever lose sight of it. There will be times where your flesh will try to lose sight of it when things aren't convenient necessarily or something hasn't gone your way or uh, different things happen in life. Uh, we always have to keep a God perspective on this. We have to keep a God perspective on why we do what we do uh, here in the church. Uh, one thing that we're going to start to do next month is, so uh, most of you have indicated you'd like to be cross-trained in different areas, okay? Obviously, starting a new site means we need to duplicate everything that goes on here every weekend, uh, ministry-wise. We're going to, we're, we're currently working behind the scenes at seeing what holes are there, where we really need help, you know, which, which ministries more so than others uh, really need some help. And then we're going to begin the cross-training plan uh, after our team night next month. Uh, what you're going to see happen here is next month when we come, uh, the very following weekend, uh, so it'll be later in March after the March team night, um, sorry, February, after the February team night, uh, you're going to see uh, on the weekend we're going to have like a job fair, for lack of a better term, set up all around the building during the services where we're going to try to recruit as many people as possible to join A-teams. We not only need you guys being cross-trained, but we want to have a continual cycle and flow of new volunteers. I want to put this challenge out to you personally with your friends, people who are new to the church, people in your C groups or people in your ministries. Be uh, looking to recruit more and more of them, and not just so they can fill in holes. That's not the heart. The heart is so that we can all serve Jesus together. When somebody gets actively involved in serving, they become more part of the central core of a church family. It's just the reality of becoming uh, a deeper committed person in a church as you start to do more, you start to serve more, you start to give more. Uh, you know, we want to help people be encouraged in that. And those of us who are already serving and already in A-teams, we want to be growing in our skills, uh, you know, climbing the ranks, so to speak, so that we're constantly freeing up space behind us for new volunteers to join in. Right, you know how we have A1, A2, A3 positions? Many of you in here can do A2s and 3s. We don't want a group like this to be clogging up all the A1s, and as everybody comes and gets saved, we have to constantly tell them, ah, there's no room for you. All of our A1s are full. No way, I want to have a constant cycle, constant reproduction, constant uh, moving through a pipeline, uh, because the more people we have trained and equipped, more campuses, more ministries, more services, uh, the more everything that God will enable us to do. Uh, we often think of it backwards. If, if God gives us a chance for a new location or we grow and we need a new service, then we'll have to recruit a bunch of people. No, I don't think that's how it works. I think God looks to see, do I have enough laborers already prepped in this place to dump another service's worth of people on them? If we're not prepped and we're not ready, uh, both you know, in ministry side and the C group side, uh, it kind of ties, I think, God's hands. So take that challenge yourself to be uh, you know, helping recruit people and get them more connected to the church and to your ATM. Uh, ministries like Elevate and Motivate, kids, real men, real women, they will all still function at both sites. They're, it's still the same ministries. We're not starting a new uh, young adults ministry down there or a new women's uh, ministry. We will just navigate this as we go as far as which events are duplicated and which events aren't. Uh, you know, So for example, the initial game plan here, we've got the youth room being built at Gage Park. That's where youth is going to shift to 
uh, Friday nights. Our, our initial plan isn't to run a youth ministry here and a youth ministry there. If our, if our campus was in St. Catharines or Oakville, then yes, you would need multiple youth ministries because it's just too far. The fact that we're this close for our first uh, shot at this, it enables us to uh, double up on some things. Uh, and be able to uh, host uh, something in one site. Let's just hypothetically say Motivate chooses to stay here. That will be Motivate that is reaching people from both campuses uh, that are encouraged to come uh, to those events. Maybe some men's events are there. Maybe some are here. You know, there's some flex opportunities in there, but my point is it's the same ministries. It won't be doubled. Everything won't be doubled. You're not going to have a... A uh, real women's meeting happening here some Thursday night, and the same night, another real women's meeting happening there. We don't, we may grow to that eventually, but to start, it's not going to be that way. Uh, like anything, let's just get rolling, and then we'll grow into it uh, as we need to. Amen? <coughs> C groups. C groups are the same thing. C groups will function church wide. Right now, some of your C groups have people who live close to here, some of your C groups have people who live close to that location. Uh, many people who are saying they want to make Gage Park their permanent home, their permanent church location, usually live closer to it. And I suspect that as the years roll on, you'll start to get new C groups launched that are made up exclusively of people who live uh, over in that part of town. But initially, you'll probably be in a C group with some people who attend there on Sunday and some people who attend here. It's no different than it is right now. You're in a C group, and some people attend here Saturday. Some people attend here Sunday 9. Some people attend here Sunday 11. Uh, the difference will be there's a different location 10 minutes away. Uh, so initially, we'll just keep the C group ministry going as is, and then we will start to watch as people are reached and people are getting saved there. Uh, we'll start to see more C groups planted in that area, uh, in that part of the city. I want to talk very briefly here, and I got a motor because I got way too much content. <clears throat> Brandon stole all my time, so I have to motor along. <laughs> um, goal setting. We talked a bit about goal setting last time, but I just want to elaborate more on this, because goal setting is a key component of what we're doing. Goal setting really should be a key component of our lives, uh, I believe, you know. Um, I just, everybody's wired differently, I suppose. I, I just don't quite wrap my head around how somebody really tackles and attacks something in their life if there's no goal in front of them to do it. But I mean, there may be the odd wild person out there who can do that. I heard an interview recently with an athlete. I'll, I'll be sharing this on the weekend. And he's a rookie in the NFL and he had a great season. Good numbers for his first year. Most experts wouldn't have projected him to have as good a numbers as he had. And then the interviewer said, that's a great start. That's a great first year for you. Did you hit your goals, your targets for this year? He said, actually, no, because I didn't hit any of them. He goes, but honestly, he said, I don't ever hit any of my goals. He goes, I set my goals so insanely high, I know that it's going to take a miracle for me to reach them. And so I live my life saying, if I'm going to shoot for something that crazy, if I get even relatively close, I'm patting myself on the back. And he goes, I'm pumped with how my first year went. I'm jacked with how well things went. But no, he goes, I didn't actually hit my targets. He goes, I set ridiculous targets. You don't have to do that. It sets things that are artificial. But at least set goals in your own personal growth life with your C group, in your ministries. And I'll share what I mean by this when I say set, set goals and then set the real life goals that will enable the goal to come to pass. That's a bit of a mouthful of a sentence. So let me explain. If your desire is to see your, you personally connect three new people to the campus in the first year, you're going to have to meet more than three unsaved people throughout the course of the year. Let's do the math backwards now. And I don't know exactly what your number might be. You might have to meet 50 people 
and share the good news and build friendships or at least attempt to with 50 people or 20 people or 40. I, I don't know. But I do know three isn't going to be the number. A lot of people say, I'm going to see God use me to reach three people this year. And then the end of October, they say, geez, I've not done anything yet. I've got to go meet three people real quick. And those first three don't get saved and they get all bummed out because nothing happened. Start right now with a weekly plan to meet one person a week at church. Meet one, one, one person you don't know. Grab a coffee down in the cafe. Uh, be looking to connect with people. If you want your life to count, and we all need to as part of a launch team in reaching people, say, I'm going to set it as a goal of mine here and when we go down there to look for one person a week I don't know. Not just to say, hey, how you doing? My name is so-and-so. See you later. Maybe exchange numbers, grab a coffee. Maybe something might get going. A relationship might develop. My point is set more bite-sized goals that will help you uh, attain uh, the greater goal. If you want to grow in your prayer and in your Bible reading this year, set small daily goals that you're going to tackle every week and say, I'm going to start working this Bible reading plan. I'm going to start working this prayer time scheduled into my life. If it's not set in front of us, most of us, it just doesn't happen. Again, there's the odd person who can maybe live without you know, being specific and being targeted. Uh, but often we need to have some specific goals in front of us. If your desire this year is to connect more with neighbors, and we need people to be connecting with neighbors uh, in both this location and in that location, be praying, be looking for opportunities, be inviting people to uh, barbecues, be looking for people at the park and saying hi when you're on the streets. Like we've got to start to get ourselves out there and give ourselves a chance to reach the goals that we're setting. Otherwise, we set these big goals for a year, and, 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 and none of it may happen if we're not careful. Uh, we want to encourage people in prayer walking this year, uh, fasting and praying together for uh, believing God to reach people and connect with people, more group prayer meetings uh, to be able to reach uh, and connect with people, neighborhood events uh, where we're able to reach and connect with people. Now, all these things you can do individually, you should be doing with your C group, and you can do them with people in your A team. There's no reason why people who are in a similar A-team can't say, we're going to go prayer walking uh, next Tuesday night all around the Gage Park neighborhood or all around this neighborhood. We're going to uh, invite uh, some neighbors over to, uh, you know, like a barbecue, kid-friendly type of a thing. I know Brandon and Caitlin do this sort of thing regularly and have gobs and gobs of neighbors come to hang out and the kids play together. They have food. They have fun. we got to get intentional with this all this year. Uh, praying, and, uh, praying and fasting together. Let's believe God that as we pray and fast throughout the year, you're going to be able to connect with more people. You're going to be able to reach uh, new people and begin to establish new relationships. I want us to saturate this whole year in prayer, in love for people, and in relationship building. Prayer, love for people, and relationship building. Let's just saturate this year uh, in that. Amen? I believe that many small changes and decisions can lead to huge transformation over time. Small decisions can lead to big success over time. That's how anybody who's successful, that's how they've gotten there. Nobody woke up one day and just reached the pinnacle overnight. It was a lot of small decisions, small uh, right ways of living when nobody noticed, behind the scenes, just trying to be consistent and faithful and, yeah, messing up and missing certain times of life where you're busy or you're sick or you're discouraged. I get it. But as a lifestyle, just trying to be consistent and faithful and doing a lot of the right things, uh, I believe God is watching and will honor that. God is absolutely looking down uh, and will honor that. I want to read a passage here to you as we get near the end uh, from Matthew 9. 23 to 33, and stay there when we're done because we're actually going to go right up to 38 eventually. Matthew 9, 23 says, okay, so he's, Jesus is going around now just letting it rip, healing people, 
You know, there's a stir happening. And this is what I believe God wants us to see happen this year in both this location and in Gage Park when we open. It says, Jesus arrived at the official's home, saw the noisy crowd, and heard funeral music. Get out, he told them. The girl's not dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. After the crowd was put outside, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand, and she stood up. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. I don't know about you, but I'm believing God that we're going to see marriages restored, people healed, people broken free of addictions, people set free of drugs and all sorts of harmful lifestyle habits. God is going to show up, and we're going to start to see radical transformation and freedom and healing happen, and reports are going to spread like wildfire through the neighborhoods. Reports are going to start to spread like wildfire among people's friends about what God is doing here and in this new church that just opened in our neighborhood. And you know, so-and-so, their house has always been just a disaster with police showing up. They've changed. Something radical is happening here. And it's all because of these people they met from that church. This is what I believe God wants us to believe for and have the faith for here in our city with the people that we're connecting with. After Jesus left his home, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus said, Do you believe I can make you see? And they said, Yes, we do. He touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were opened, and they could see, and Jesus sternly warned them, Don't tell anybody about this. I love how he always says this, and nobody ever listens. Every single story. (laughs) Don't tell anybody about this. But instead, they went out and spread his fame all over the region. I want people to be spreading the fame of Jesus all around our city as they encounter the life-changing power of him, as they encounter the life-changing power of the Holy Spirit. This is why I spoke on the weekend about pursuing the presence of God. If you and I can be conduits of the presence of God and people's lives can be radically transformed when they encounter it, they're going to tell anybody and everybody. They will be our greatest evangelists. They will be the ones who start to tell people in these neighborhoods the good news of Jesus. But we've got to be anointed. We've got to be connecting. We've got to be loving them. We've got to be praying. We've got to be believing for freedom and for miracles. And there's, there's messy processes involved in that. I understand it. I've been in homes praying for people to be delivered of demons and people to be set free of massive addiction issues and broken homes. But, man, once it happens and the power of God shows up, people are changed forever. And they tell everybody all the time. Constantly, they start to share the good news of Jesus. When he left them, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demons, and he began to speak. The crowds were amazed. Nothing like this has ever happened in Israel, they exclaimed. I want to give you some uh, prayer points uh, to jot down. I I don't remember if these are in your notes or not. (coughs) Oh, yeah, they are. Okay. Okay. This year, I want us to pray against spiritual strongholds. There are spiritual strongholds everywhere, okay? I understand that. There are different spiritual strongholds in the neighborhood where we're opening than perhaps strongholds that are here. And one of the things right off the hop we have to remember is we're opening at a church in a part of the city that has not seen anybody open a church in many, 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 many decades. In fact, the churches that are down there are all closing. Go look at all, all the big, big churches on Main Street right beside our old offices, uh, I was just down there last week and was told of a giant one at Maine and uh, like Fairley or Melrose or somewhere, a huge church that's got like six people in it and it's about to close. Uh, all the big churches have been dwindling and closing. There's a spiritual stronghold in there where in the enemy's mind, it's been his territory for a long time, a long time. 
And I believe that's one of the reasons we've faced as much resistance and opposition from the enemy as we have the last couple of years because he hates the fact that we're trying to invade territory that he has comfortably owned for a long time. And I don't say that to, I don't mean that, and I don't want any of you to ever say or think things like that as a slight on the people who live there. The people who live there are no different than you and I. They're sinners in need of a savior. All I'm saying is the enemy is territorial. And when he gets a territory, he likes to keep a territory. And God is in the business of taking back territory that all belonged to God to begin with. And the enemy is the one that came and stole it in the first place. We're simply believing God to return a piece of our city back to its rightful owner. We need to pray against the spiritual strongholds this year. Pray against the spiritual strongholds uh, that exist in our city and that exist in that neighborhood. Pray for the Holy Spirit to be moving in people right now, long before we get there. You know the Holy Spirit is moving in people right now that you and I don't see? Just this last week, I, I should have uh, had them ready, although <coughs> I don't know if I could have read them all based on if there was names, but <coughs> a few of us, a few of my cell leaders, we got texting each other this week on our WhatsApp chat uh, and just sharing some of the good things God has been doing and texts we've received from people sharing what God is doing in their life. And I want to come back to Jesus. I want to give my heart back to the Lord and, uh, you know, Thanking uh, guys in our group for always caring about them. Mary got one from someone who said, I, I need to rethink this whole leaving the church thing. I think I was listening to wrong people last year. Like the Holy Spirit is working in people all over the place, all over the place, and we don't see it. We just have to keep our eyes on him and keep being faithful. Keep praying. Keep interceding. Keep believing God that his spirit will move. And I believe he's preparing hearts that have never set foot in a church in that neighborhood to have a radical encounter with the power and the presence of God. Amen? Let's pray for a greater love for people this year. Come on, we need to love people. Jesus loves people. We need to have a love in our hearts that goes out to people, whether they're comfortable and polite and soft-spoken or whether they are rough and broken and beaten down and uh, not easy to talk to. That does not matter. God loves people. Jesus went to the cross for people. We need to pray for compassion. Continuing on in this story, Matthew 9, 35, he says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news. He healed every sickness and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Why? Because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. We need the heart of Jesus. Our human nature often will look at people, and if they look confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, we can kind of like oh, look down on them and think, what are you doing? What happened to your life? They need Jesus, that's all. We need to have a heart of compassion that loves people, a heart of compassion that wants them to experience the freeing hope and power of Jesus. Amen? And we need to pray, uh, we need to pray for opportunities <coughs> to share uh, Jesus this year, okay, I believe God wants to give us these opportunities. He wants us to be sharing the good news more than we want to be sharing it. But let's pray for opportunities. And pray that prayer with a mindset that says, I'm willing to step into them when they come. I'm willing to follow through when they come. Not just for opportunities, but God, I want opportunities because I'm ready to share your good news. And we need to pray for the harvest and for laborers. This is how he finishes off this whole story, Matthew 9, 38 says, pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. You and I are workers in his fields. We're called to be workers in his fields this year. We're called to be workers in his fields every year. But what you've signed up for here, to be involved at this location or part of the launch team at that location, we are workers in God's harvest field. 
I want us to pray to the Lord of the harvest this year and say, God, we're believing for a breakthrough in the harvest. We're believing for people to know you like we've never seen before. Now roll up your sleeves, get ready to help them, get ready to disciple them, to love on them, to teach them, to train them. All the things he did, he went around praying and helping them gain freedom, teaching them, educating them, showing them in his ways with a heart of compassion and love for them the whole time. The way we see Jesus living right there is kind of a microcosm and a glimpse as to how you and I should prepare to be living. It's not always convenient. It's not always clean. It doesn't always go the way you want it to go. But with his spirit and with him in charge, more often than not, it will. You'll see lives transformed. You'll see people sitting here and sitting down there, generations now destined to change because you and I rolled up our sleeves, got on our knees, prayed for opportunities, and walked through and took those opportunities when they came. This is an eternal mission that we're on. And I want us to have these prayer points this year. I want to challenge you. Let's start praying every day for the campus. Maybe pick one of these things a day and add it to your prayer list so you've got something all week long that you're praying about. Get with your friends, your cell leaders, your ministry partners. Do some prayer walking. Fast a certain meal or a week, a meal or a day, a week for the harvest, for this location, for that location, against spiritual strongholds. Come on, how many believe that God can bust open doors and do something radical this year? Do something wild this year. We can see him do something amazing because we're positioning ourselves for it. I can't wait till we open that place and we're going to free up about 100 people from here. We're going to have a ton of room here for people to come and get saved. We're going to talk further in upcoming weeks. Uh, like I said, we'll do a lot of role playing next month. We're going to talk more depth and demographics and our evangelism strategy because there are some big needs in both of our neighborhoods and especially the Gage Park neighborhood. There are some big needs. The way I see big needs from a Christian perspective, big needs are big opportunities. Big People have big needs in the natural. That's just a great opportunity for God to show up uh, and do something uh, in the spiritual. Amen? How many say I'm on board? Uh, how many say I will commit to the prayer plan here laid out? I will commit to praying these points. These are in your app, so you can have them, you know, transfer them into your prayer app or your uh, notes. Uh, those with the paper notes, of course, you've got them. I want us to believe, God, that we're going to see a spiritual breakthrough happen. Pursue the presence of God and put an action plan like this in place and then leave it up to him. The verse tells us he is in charge of the harvest. I'm in charge of doing what I'm called to do and what I know to do. He is in charge of the harvest. Don't, don't try to take his role on you. Just do what you're called to do and leave his part up to him. Amen? Why don't we stand up tonight, guys? I want us to take some time. Yeah, the worship team can come on up. I want us to take some time in God's presence. I believe God wants to start to bring a greater heart of compassion in many of you tonight. A greater heart that loves people. He wants to birth in you tonight. I believe God wants to start to stretch our vision. Remember I spoke on the weekend about dreams. God puts a dream in our heart. Some of us can fall into a mindset of church is how it is. We see 80 or 90 people saved a year. We see three or four people saved on a weekend. Okay, I'm comfortable with this. This is what I'm used to. Why can't God show up some year and we see 200 people saved? Why can't we see a person added daily to our church some year? Why can't we see 25 people saved on a weekend? Let's not fall into what's comfortable and what we're used to. Hey, we're used to 80 or 90 people saved a year. That's, I mean, tremendous. I'd rather have that than zero. But we're used to that. We can handle that by doing everything exactly as we have been. If we're going to start to live this way and pursue the presence like I spoke about on the weekend, I believe that we need to have greater faith to see God do something greater. 
say, God, we're believing that you can blow our minds. You know, we're not going to hold you to certain numbers and, you know, that kind of thing. But nor are we going to lock ourselves in to the way it's always been and just expect the same old, same old. I think God wants us to hit a breakthrough season one of these days where stuff starts happening that we've never seen in the history of this church. I believe he wants us to get into a season where we feel like we can barely keep up with the harvest. And we're trying to reproduce leaders and disciple makers like like, like we just can barely keep up. That's a good problem to have. But do we have the faith for it? Do we have the compassion for people to see it happen? Will we love on them when they are going to shoot up again and make an awful life decision and go back to their addiction at 11 o'clock at night when you thought they were gaining freedom? Are you going to be there to help them work through life's issues and problems? Are you going to be there when the teenager bolts and takes off and is talking crazy talk uh, with their with their life? And are, are we, are we going to have the love and the compassion for people to say, God, you've called me to love people. I'm here to love people and direct them back to you. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord tonight, and I want you just to invite him to start to work this into your heart. God, work your heart for people into our heart tonight, we pray. Lord, work your compassion into our heart, we pray. Lord, your desire for laborers, work it into us tonight. We just want to follow your example, Jesus. We want to follow your example. Love our city. Love our neighbors. Serve one another. Put each other first. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, open your heart and just invite Jesus. Let, invite his spirit to start working in your heart. He knows what you need more of right now. Lord, pour out your spirit on every single one of us, God.